Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Stacking the Box. To subscribe, hit us up on Google Play or iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you. Here is Stacking the Box. Welcome into Stacking the Box, July 20th, 2020, basically one week away from training camps opening up. Matt Verderam, can you taste the training camp excitement? Uh, I can taste the apprehension. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like everybody's happy to have football back, right? I think, I hope. Um, but it's certainly different. It's not anything like we've seen before. Yeah, so... The NFL kind of, I guess, got caught with their pants down this week. Players jumping at them. Um, J.J. Watt leading the way. Russell Wilson. uh, A long list of of players who are upset about the NFL not having a plan. And, you know, people are asking me, like, well, how come the – how did the NFL – how come – how could they be in this position? Well, I think they were hoping that the country was going to be in a better spot than they were, which I guess hope is not a plan, but – it seemed almost reasonable that we would be better off than where we are right now. And there's no plan for playing football in a pandemic. I mean, how do you think this ultimately plans out here, Matt Verderam? Well, look, they've, the NFL has done a poor job of getting this to where it needs to be. I think we can all agree on that. They had months and months and months to get this right. Now, I do agree with you. I don't think anybody thought it was going to be quite in the situation that it is in terms of the country. But the NFL should have done a better job of this. They should not be scrambling five days out from, from when training camp started or a week out or whatever it may be. That being said, I think everybody's going to get in on time. I think it's going to be fine. We've already seen the NFL start saying now, okay, no preseason games. We'll test every day until it's under a 5% threshold of, of guys having COVID. I, I've always been, and I know you know this, we've talked about this in the podcast, I've always been optimistic that they will get the season going in full, on time, maybe without fans. It obviously seems now without fans, and certainly in some cities. Um, but I, I think it'll be okay. It might be a little rocky, and I think there's going to be a lot more cases at first than there will be at any other time because guys are coming in from all over the place. So I think it'll be a little bit of a, of a tough start, but I think it'll be okay. So, okay. I, I don't see how you can, A, test your way through this, B, you're going to have guys come to camp, then they're going to go home, then you're going to monitor them, or are you just going to let them live their lives, they're adults? I don't think you can monitor them. And these guys are going to follow the protocols that need to be followed. Like, where's your confidence coming from, I guess, is my question here. Well, $15 billion in revenue. Um, that's, that's a lot of money. Where it starts. I know college has had a really hard time getting off the ground. I don't see it as the same thing. I know people see, oh, it's college football, it's pro football. But college football, the rosters are bigger. You've got a lot more teams. And even though people like to joke, oh, these guys are pros anyway, they're schools. There's a lot of things that go into that. A pro team is a pro team. It's a business. It's no different than any other business. I mean, obviously, the stakes are higher and the money's bigger. But in terms of just operating a business, it's a business. So they're not going to quarantine these guys in the sense of the way the NBA has done it with a bubble, but I just feel that most players are going to be responsible enough to say, look, I don't want to lose my million dollars this year, $10 million this year. I think most guys will do what they're supposed to do. Some guys won't because that's just the way of the world, but I think most people will do their jobs. I think there's going to be some hiccups along the way, but I just believe the NFL and the Players Association is smart enough to figure out how to handle this. We have seen in the NBA there are no active cases right now. In hockey, there are two cases. I I think overall there will be some cases. It will happen, and there will even be some opt-outs. But I think overall the NFL is going to figure it out, and I think it will be all right. I'm not worried about any opt-outs. Like if Demarcus Lawrence, your wife Sasha, is pregnant, she's due in October, you don't know whether you want to show up because you want to be around your family, hey, man, I get it completely support it however it's the people that don't opt out and are going to try to have their cake and eat it too which I think is going to happen Matt Verham I I, these these are you know 20 to 30 year old young men who play football and I'm assuming 
that they feel at least remotely or somewhat invincible. I don't, and I don't know. I, I. Aw, you didn't have to go so all out for my birthday. Yes, we did. Because birthdays are about showing your friends how much you care for them and how grateful you are for their. This is Jamie from Progressive. No, this is a great time. Progressive protects you 24 7. Mm hmm. Oh, I'm sorry that happened. <clears throat> Jamie. Can you hold on one second? Uh, I gotta take this call, but remember, birthdays are about togetherness. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. The, what, what the NBA is doing and the success they've had, by the way, to this point, like let's not jump up and down here. We have, they haven't played a game yet, but the fact that they had no positive test, that is a good sign. I'll grant you that. But this feels a whole lot different to me. Uh, I, I'm not saying that it won't, they won't get it done, but, I mean, you mentioned Rocky. I'm expecting it to be extremely Rocky at some points here. Well, I think you look at the, you look at the country, right? I mean, it's, yeah. been, it's been Rocky everywhere. Look at schools right now. It's unbelievable. We don't have to get through down, too far down that, uh, that rabbit hole. But I expect it to be Rocky because everything about the coronavirus has been Rocky. Show me one thing that's been smooth about the coronavirus to this point in the United States. People can't agree on anything. So I don't expect that to change. However, I am a big believer in motivation in life. And let me tell you something right now. If you told the average human being, forget your political ideals. If you told the average person, listen, you're going to need to wear a mask everywhere you go when you're outside your house. Well, you're going to get paid 870 grand this year. I don't care what you believe. You'd see how many of these people talk about their freedoms being taken away. They would throw on two masks. And I think that's a lot of what's going to happen with the NFL. If you're a player, it is so much money. I just think most of these guys are going to go, you know what? That's cool. I'm not going to go to a restaurant. I'm not going to go to a bar. I'm not going to, I'm not going to hang out with, with my friends on, on a day off. You know what? We'll, we'll play some Call of Duty on Xbox Live, and we'll, we'll hang out that way. I just think most guys are going to be smart. Not everybody. God knows there's going to be a couple of ridiculous stories that come out about all this stuff. But I think most guys are going to be smart enough to, to, to mitigate the damage. Well, I would also throw in there, too, one of the benefits of society right now, the fact that we all have one of these. Yep. Uh, good luck on going out and having dinner without somebody putting that on Instagram and or whatever, right? So uh, – <laughs> That, that'll be its own level of account, accountability right there. Uh, and I think it's interesting, too, that, uh, you know, there, guys are out there talking about the, the face guards that they're going to have to wear, and, and Russell Wilson is, you know, playing around with it, not wild about it, but, uh, and maybe that gives them another level of safety. I'm not sure. But th- certainly guys are very much in the thick of trying to figure out what's going to work here. I think it's trial and error. Uh, you do whatever you can. You see what works. You see what doesn't. Maybe we all look back and go, oh, that, that mask and the helmet. Remember that? That was ridiculous. Or maybe we look back and go, man, that was one hell of an innovation. That really helped. We don't know. We just don't know. I, I kind of fall on the side of that mask only going to go so far when you've got guys, like, on top of each other and, and you know, in pile-ups and screaming at each other through these masks. I mean, I, I don't think that's going to be a huge deterrent, but, if it, if it takes out 10% of the COVID cases, that's great. That's great. That's 10% more. Like I, I don't think anything's a cure-all with this, other than maybe a vaccine, even that. Like, let's be real. Like, my wife is a nurse. I, we were talking about it last night. She's like, yeah, I'm not getting that vaccine for the first year that thing's out. There's no way because nobody knows the long-term effects of these things. And, you know, look, now, she, and she by no means, by the way, is some anti-vaxxer. By, by no means, the complete opposite. So I just want to point that out. But, you know, she pointed out, you know, there's going to be potential risks and are there defects and what's going on with that. And it's just, it's a long time, this, this thing. It's a process. And I think we're going to have to take it all piece by piece. So just a direct question to you. Does the NFL succeed without a bubble? Bertram, go on the record here on July the 21st. I'm, yeah. I, what are, and you're obviously saying yes. Yes. They'll play, I, I think they will play every single game. You think they're going to play every game? They'll play every game. I think they'll play every single game. I really – I'm not there with you yet, Matt. I'll, I'll be – I'm way more skeptical. Uh, now, I'm that, telling you, in my opinion, and you may be right, but in my opinion, 
$15 billion of revenue. That's without any fans. $20 billion if they had full state. $15 billion. They will put you and me on a field before they cancel those games. Like, I can't – look, this is not the NBA and the NHL and MLB that got blindsided by this thing. Okay, And the other thing to keep in mind, the NFL plays 16 games. That's a lot different than playing 81, than playing 162. I, I will be very surprised at the end, but they will do anything to play these games, and I fully expect them to do it. All right, before we get to your NFL feature, uh, actually, let's talk about that right now. Uh, you've, you've, you're doing an NFL training during COVID-19 feature, Matt. Why don't, why don't you let people who are checking out the podcast today uh, know what they can see in the written word from you? Yeah, so, you know, I, I do write occasionally, and <laughs> uh, I usually just do my weekly stack in the box, and, and that's usually my main thing for the week. Um, but I wrote a feature about players and how they've dealt with the coronavirus in terms of their training methods throughout the offseason. I talked to one general manager uh, who's, who's in the league now. I talked to Pete Barberito, who trains over 250 NFL players, or at least I should say that his, his performance system trains 250 players. I, I talked to uh, Bobby Strope, who is Patrick Mahomes' trainer, among many, many other players. He is based in Texas. Bob Rito is based in Davie, Florida. Um, and also talked to Darren Fells, a tight end for the Texans, who was very gracious with his time. They paint a very interesting picture of what this offseason was like. And, and really, it went through how they, they were able to train, what they did, what they couldn't do, how that's, that may affect guys. Uh, and I will say this, and I won't give it away, because I'd like people to go to fanside.com and check it out, or go to my Twitter feed. It's pinned at the top of my feed. The one thing that was really interesting was everybody brought up the 2011 NFL lockout as a comparable thing. Because when that happened, of course, players couldn't go in the buildings and, and, and use the facilities, couldn't talk to teams. This time around, teams, of course, were able to talk to their players. So a lot of them created apps that the players could work out with and get the, get the, the team-sponsored, quote-unquote, workout in, something they would have done at OTAs or minicamp. They matched that and mixed that up with the, with the workouts they did on their own with their trainers outside of the organizations. I thought it was fascinating. But there's a, there's a difference of opinion as to will we see a lot more injuries this year? If we do, what kind of injuries will we see? So I, I thought it was a fascinating look, if I say so myself, as to how <laughs> – players dealt with it all this offseason and, and you know I'll say I'll, I'll tease it with this one of the quotes in there was one of the trainers Bobby Strope saying our first week back from from the shutdown seven guys passed out doing light workouts wow so just something to keep two guys completely passed out five went faint seven guys in the first week just doing light run-of-the-mill exercises passed out so that might be a little bit of an insight as to why the NFL is ramping up training camp this year and not just going full tilt the first day. Yeah, I, I like the, that part of it. I like the plan. Let's get in. Let's get tested. Let's do five, six days of everybody figuring out where we're at, and then we can start getting into training. And then, again, we'll see where we're at, and then we can start hitting. Uh, but before we go to our Into the Future uh, segment of the show, we got four topics for you today there. I just want to wrap up with the decision that looks like it's coming First, it was four preseason games like normal. Then it went down to two, and now we're going to zero, uh, which I think is the right move. But that's definitely going to have an impact uh, as far as guys competing for jobs. But that's yeah. not really the, the most important spot here. It's, it, I think it makes a whole lot of sense. We don't need to be playing the preseason in the middle of a pandemic. No. No, I, I, don't, I don't think we do. And the, look, the owners wanted it for a very simple reason. They would have made money off of it. They get the TV money, and they don't have to pay the players for that. They do not have to pay players for preseason games. So the owners were all about it. The players said, are you kidding me? We've got to play these games. We're not getting paid for it. We've got to risk corona and risk our bodies. They, they hate preseason games anyway. They're really going to hate them during a COVID-19 pandemic. So not surprised if that's the way it went at all. I, I expected that it would go down to one game. I thought the players might have to grit and bear that. The owners apparently couldn't even justify that. Good. They shouldn't be able to. You move on. They'll end up getting some kickback on the back end, though. They don't do anything for nothing. Sure. And, by the way, it also buys them some time to get everything in order here. And you risking 
the regular season or regular season games at bare minimum to play preseason games, that's not a great choice. So I, I think yeah. they're doing the right thing here, risk-reward. All right, let's move on. Into the future we go, and we will start with what's going on down in Dallas. Uh, Dak Prescott not getting that long-term deal, turning his nose up at $105 million. By the way, that's fine, Dak. You're, I, I love it. Bet on yourself. Didn't want to sign a five-year deal, wanted a shorter-term situation, uh, which the Cowboys did not want to do. The question is, will Dak stay in Dallas after the 2020 season? What do you think, Matt? No, I, I don't think he will because of a few different factors. So, Progressive's Home Court Explorer lets you easily compare our direct rates with multiple companies. Now that we've covered something you could do, it's time for sports stuff you definitely could not do. If you were head coach, you would not have gone for it on fourth down. Your confidence in your play calling ability might be a little overblown, considering you're barely confident in which restaurant to order takeout from, let alone choosing a play in front of 70,000 screaming fans. But you definitely can use Progressive's Home Court Explorer to easily compare rates. Coverage for Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. They could tag him again. It would cost about $37.5, $38 million. Look at their cap. If there's a flat cap next year, it seems to be best-case scenario right now, considering everything going on with the pandemic. I think it will be a flat cap, by the way. They'll borrow against future years of the CBA. They can't afford that. They can't pay him $38 million. And I'll tell you right now, he's not signing there before hitting free agency. I mean, maybe he'd go to free agency and then the Cowboys would have to outbid everybody. But at that juncture, don't you look ridiculous if you're Jerry Jones? You wouldn't pay him $40 million a year. I got news. He goes to free agency, he's getting $40 million a year. That's happening. That is absolutely happening. So I think he's going to hit free agency. I think he's going to walk. Is it is it 100%? No. No, I mean, maybe the Cowboys move heaven and earth to be able to tag him, and, and they finally come to a resolution. But I think it's more likely than not at this point that he leaves. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, look, the Cowboys have had basically every opportunity to either A, sign him, B, trade him, uh, C, do anything other than what they've done. Yep. So it's, it's, it's head-scratching that they – didn't try to make a deal with the Dolphins this year with their multiple first-round picks. It's head-scratching that they're choosing to go into the football wilderness. I mean, look at where Washington is after letting Kirk Cousins go. And maybe Dwayne Haskins will have a great year this year. But, I mean, it has not been pretty as at all. It, and you, you could point to a zillion situations where, you know, teams have not completely loved their quarterback, thought it would be better in another situation, and then they end up in – Chicago Bears wilderness which is uh and and, or by the way I should say Chiefs wilderness until Patrick Mahomes showed up and rescued that franchise um so I I, there's still part of me though Matt that actually thinks that Dallas will come to their senses and realize you know what we're just gonna have to bite down hard here and and there are really no other options but literally I think every team is sizing up will Dak make sense for me after this season uh, he's going to have a lot of lot of vendors. He's going to have teams. I mean, that that's just that's just it, Carm. I mean, that look, it, it's it's a quarterback. He's a quarterback who's going to be in his mid twenties in the NFL. I mean, you're talking about let's okay. So let's say let's say that the Bears season goes the way you expect it to, which is a good defense, a very good defense, and a lot of mediocre quarterback play. If you're the Bears, you're going to try to figure out a way to get Prescott. Probably not. I don't think there's space, but they're going to at least look at it. The Colts would absolutely look at it. They have a bunch of guys on one-year deals right now in Rivers and, and uh, Brissett. You go around the league, there are plenty. What if, what if Ben Roethlisberger, this is it for him in Pittsburgh? Cam Newton, this might be one done in New England. What if Josh Allen stinks this year in Buffalo? Then what? There's a lot of teams right. that are going to be going, really? Dak on the market? Great. We'll give him $40 million. Detroit's another one if Stafford's done after this year. And by the way, if the season does go sideways and he doesn't play a whole lot, well, <laughs> that's not going to impact his value on the negative side. It, it just isn't. So, uh, you know, for Dallas to – for this to come back to him, it's almost like he has to have a catastrophic injury that the Cowboys believe he can recover from, and then he'll end up back in Dallas. But – uh just a, just bizarre. Let's move on to a running back who got paid, but I don't know, didn't get uh, maybe the money that he, he fully wanted, but 
in today's NFL, I think it makes sense. We're talking about Derrick Henry and the Titans. Uh, we'll both be happy with their deal here. The Titans are given about $25.5 million guaranteed on a $50 million deal, and, and Henry signing for a little bit less, I would think, than he wanted. What do you think? I think it's a rare win-win for both sides. Um, Henry gets $25.5 million guaranteed, so he's set for life. Um, the Titans get their best offensive player, certainly their most dynamic and important offensive player, back, and potentially for four years. And if they want to, they can cut him after two. So if you're the Titans, it's basically a two-year deal with two one-year options tacked onto the back end. He's the fifth-highest-paid running back in football now. I don't think it's an awful deal. And, you know, look, for Henry, everybody's going to scream and yell, oh, how, how did he set up for fifth highest? He was nobody until the second half of last season. Nobody cared about Derrick Henry. I mean, he was, a, he was a big bruising back in Tennessee who was fine. And then last year, the last eight games of the year in the playoffs became Earl Campbell. Okay, and that's right. great. Maybe he's Earl Campbell moving forward. I doubt it. But he's a, he's a very fine player. If you're Tennessee, you're one of the few teams that runs your offense through the ground game. No problem there. You have your player. And, and look, if you're going to pay Tannehill, you better be able to run the ball. Because Tannehill without a running game is worthless. He's, he's a paperweight. So I, I think Tennessee did the right thing by signing Henry. They didn't break the bank. They didn't, they didn't sign him for some contract they can't get out of for three or four years. I thought it was good. And for Henry, look, you're a running back. You're one knee injury away from your season, your, your season being over, your career being over. You get $25.5 million locked up. And if you're good, you get the full 50. Well, who would you rather have, Christian McCaffrey or Derrick Henry? Oh, my God, Christian McCaffrey. Right. So McCaffrey got $30 million guaranteed. You know, I mean, right. Right. It, it, it's not like, <laughs> I mean, there's no debate there. And, and so I, I don't know what, now that doesn't necessarily mean that Derrick Henry is going to feel like he got a fair deal. Uh, but I think when you look at it from a rational perspective, hey, man, you, you, you did pretty well. And to your uh, incredibly uh, practical point, you are set for life. Your family is set for life. Do, you know, put, put your money in a money market and, and call it a day here. But he was incredible last year. I mean, you're talking about the rushing champion. You're talking about durability. He led the league in carries. I mean, getting into the end zone. And then he, he averages 150 yards a game in the, in the playoff run. I mean, that's, you know, they don't go as deep as they do without him. So he does have a right. ton of value to Tennessee. Oh, I, I think there's no question. And I, again, I think if, if you are, you know, the Titans, you're looking at this and going, okay, look, if we don't have Derrick Henry, we're not going to score points. So we need to, now, the, now the nerds will sit there and tell you that the running game doesn't matter. Running backs don't matter. Everybody matters. Believe me, they all matter. And, yes, the running game matters less than the passing game. But here's why it matters in Tennessee more than most places. Again, if he's not running the ball well and it's third and nine all the time, Tennessee's not winning many games because Tannehill's not completing that. You don't believe me. Go watch the AFC title game. The first half of the game, they, they ran the ball well. They scored 17 points. The second half of that game, Derrick Henry ran for seven yards, and it was ball game. They couldn't move the ball for a foot. So having him is going to be a huge help. I think they're the best team in that division. I, I would agree. I'm a buyer on the Titans. Go Ryan Tannehill. Keep stunning the world. And uh, good for you, Derrick Henry, who's been on different fan-sided platforms. So we enjoy you, Derrick. A little, little biased, but always appreciated his uh, contributions via the phone, Zoom, or wherever they've been. Hey, let's, uh, let's look at the NFC North and the quarterback situation, specifically with the Packers and the Bears. And now, okay, we're talking about no training or very or a different training camp, no preseason games. Uh, how do you think this plays out in Green Bay, who shocked the world with their first-round draft pick, and then, of course, uh, Chicago, which is the number one quarterback derby in the NFL? I think in Green Bay that thing's going to be publicly given a nice face, especially because media can't uh, grow guys this year with, with COVID. I think internally that is going to be – a rough situation to deal with. I do not pretend to know Aaron Rodgers. I've never spoken to Aaron Rodgers. Never met him. But just from a 30,000-foot view, he does not seem like the kind of guy 
who's going to be thrilled to death that they traded up in the first round and drafted his replacement instead of getting him a receiver when they were one game away from Super Bowl. I do not think that is going to go over very well in Packerland. So while I think Rodgers will eventually, you know, he'll play and I think he'll be good, that's going to be something that I think everybody's going to be on eggshells in that locker room with for a while. If you're a veteran receiver, you're going to go up and, and slap five with Jordan Love and talk a little game? Probably not. Because you're going to say, oh, if Aaron sees me do that, it's not going to go well. But the Bears, I think it's Foles' job. I, I think unless Foles just is a disaster in camp, I don't see any way Trubisky's getting that job. I do not think that's going to be the battle a lot of people think it will be. So that's uh, – okay. It's just very interesting how uh, – a let, let me start at Chicago – you you are going to have a full-fledged quarterback competition, okay? And the last couple of years, they have not allowed Mitchell Trubisky to play in the preseason, which they were going to do this year. So, so you know, it, it was Matt Nagy looking in the mirror saying, yeah, we did this wrong. He actually needed more reps, and we're going to do that this year. And And by the way, part of the reason why we're – going after Nick Foles, which I think is going to turn out to be a huge mistake when Cam Newton gets the Patriots in the playoffs this year, and you're going to look at what the Bears spent for Foles and how Cam was just sitting there. But regardless of all of that, uh, you know, I, I, I am – I don't know where this puts the Bears. Part of me thinks that they still want to give Trubisky a chance, and I don't think it's going to be a long rope – but if I had to bet right now with no training camp, real training camp, and games for competition, I'm going to say that Trubisky starts week one. And they'll let Foles – and plus, Foles' wife, by the way, is, um, has got some health concerns that might be a factor, but that, that's not what we're talking about. But that's a little interesting part of this. I think that, uh, that Trubisky's going to start the season – and then he's going to be terrible, and then they're going to get him out of there. If I, if I had to bet right now, I would have thought before that they would have actually had done it out, and then Foles, Foles would be better, and it would be obvious, and they would go with Nick. But I, I don't know if that's going to be the case now. In Green Bay, it's like, hey, are you, are you going to say that Aaron, like, like they said back in the day, kind of, that Rodgers is going to replace Brett Favre? You know, are, are you doing the same thing now? Jordan Love is, is eventually going to be our guy? And, and – where I think it goes sideways in Green Bay, Verderam, is well, you, the Packers start out the season, which they have many times, one and two or two and four. Then Aaron Rodgers is going to start looking around being like, you know, uh, did you get me any help? I mean, this, you know, I, I think especially coming off a 13-3 and three season, and maybe he'll be feeling like, well, we just missed our one, my, my one last shot at it. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Look, I, I will say this, and this is to your point. If the Packers, if that thing doesn't go well and they have, and Devontae Adams gets hurt and he's throwing DeMarcus Valdez Scantling and, and you know, all these other guys, Jay Sternberger, who you've never heard of, he is going to be pissed. And quite honestly, he should be pissed. Right. I mean, I, I, don't, I will never understand that offseason. I don't care. But if Jordan Love turns out to be great, then hey, God bless. But you only have so many shots at the ring. And let's face it, how, how, realistic is it that Jordan Love ever becomes Aaron Rodgers? I mean, one in, one in 50, one in 100. Yeah. I, you, you have Aaron Rodgers. And, <laughs> and, I, and what are you doing? Win now. Win right now. And they, they didn't do that. But for Chicago, I know you and I disagree. I, I do not think there's a chance that Hal Trubisky starts the season. I just don't. I think the second they declined his 50-year option, they were, they were done with him. They were done. Goodbye. Get out. Don't let the door hit you on the rear end. I think that was the end. Uh, I, if that does happen, I can't wait to hear how they actually provide that information to the fans slash media. That'll, that'll, be, that'll be an interesting moment in Matt Nagy slash Ryan Pace time. Hey, let's, uh, let's wrap up with uh, Washington and their football team searching for a nickname. Go, go, go Washington football team. Uh, what's the move here for Mr. Snyder and – the uh, hubbub of what's coming on that's going on in his organization with uh, a lot of people extremely angry at the culture that was not fair to women. Um, I thought that Mark Cuban actually gave him great advice. Hey, man, admit where you were wrong and move forward. I mean, it was ugly for Dallas for a couple of days, and, and Cuban 
did what he had to do uh, to get his organization in a better place. I mean, I, I think that's the move for Dan, but I don't, I, I you know, Mark's a lot more, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Just a, just a, I think a smarter, better guy. Let's put it like that. But that, what, what do you think goes on uh, right now as far as Washington figuring out what they need to do? I don't think the Reds, excuse me, I guess the Washington football team, I'm so used to calling them by their, their old nickname. Um, the Washington team, I don't think anything's going to change other than, you know, people have been fired who were brought up in the Washington Post story about sexual harassment, which is good. Okay, good to, good to fire those people and move on. I'm not, I'm not into cancel culture, but I am into firing people who are being uh, brought up with sexual harassment and whatnot. Those people need to go. Daniel Schneider, to be clear, was not implicated in that report by the 15 women who spoke to the Washington Post. Two of which went on the record, 13 were off the record. Schneider did not come up in any of their name other, other than to be saying that he essentially allowed it to go on. I would like to see the NFL tell Dan Schneider, get out. Get out. You've been in charge for 20 years. It's a lack of institutional control, if you want to use the NCAA term. You've been... Nothing but a mess. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply your entire time, forget even on the football field, just in terms of, of getting rid of the nickname and, and being so combative about it. And then FedEx is like, hey, we won't give you $5 tomorrow. And that was the end of that. That was immediately he was ready to cut bait and move on and rename the team, whether it's you know, the Warriors or the Red Tails or the Red Hawks, whatever he goes with. I would like to see the NFL stand up and tell Dan Schneider to take a walk. So in reality, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think much is going to change. I think it'll be the old, you know, things will change for a while. But I've talked to people around that organization over the past year. I, I wrote a story on them a year ago about how dysfunctional they were, nothing about sexual harassment. Um, but he's described as basically being an absentee owner who really doesn't care. He just wants to have the procedure of owning the team, and he grew up a fan of the team, and that, that's, that's about it. And if that's the case, unfortunately, I don't think much is going to change. Well, one thing did change, though. Let's give credit where credit is due. Uh, I've never heard Julie Donaldson broadcast an NFL game, so I don't know if she's good or not. But the, the Washington has hired uh, their new play-by-play announcer for the radio, and that is the first lead female voice on the radio in NFL history calling games. So, I mean, first woman to be a regular member of an NFL team's uh, radio broadcast booth is, you know, that's not on the field. It's not on the coaching staff. But that's a big-time move right there. It really is. I, I don't disagree. I think it's a smart, forward-thinking move. Um, but I can, I'm not going to lie. I can't help but feel like with, the, with Schneider, it's just it's, – and I don't want to take away from her credibility and what she's done in her career. Um, she's certainly earned the opportunity. Um, but at the same point, you do feel like, is this not a little bit of a PR move as well? Even if it is. I I don't want it to come off the wrong way, but let's, let's call a spade a spade. Like, you know, would they have done that two weeks ago? Yeah, but look, you don't want to take credit away. Even if it is a PR move, even if it's if, even if they are looking in the mirror saying, Oh, you know what? Uh, we could really use to make some changes here. And, and maybe we should look at a woman to be our play-by-play voice because we really like Julie and I think she'll do a great job. And I'm sure some of our fan base is not going to like hearing that voice coming into their cars or wherever you listen to Red Washington football. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but we're going to do it. So I, I, I don't th- – you got to give them props for, for – uh, going, I would call it off the board. Um, Let me just say quickly, I agree with you. I give him credit for making that move. Julie Donaldson has deserved this opportunity. She has, for a long time, been someone who's worked in media for well over a decade. Okay, I, I have nothing but joy for the move that Donaldson, that she's breaking the mold, that she is breaking a barrier. And that's an important thing. And you're right. 
the team, the organization, Dan Schneider does deserve some credit. Again, it's nothing against Julie Donaldson at all. I'm, I'm very happy she was hired. I just do feel like, is it a little bit of a move for Dan Schneider to try to get people off his back? I kind of feel like it is. Even uh, if it's the right move, I feel like it's it's also done with a PR thought in mind. Sure, uh, and 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 maybe so, but I'll I'll, I'll give them I'll give them a little credit there. And look, they are going forward with the name change. I uh, granted that was long, 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 long overdue, but they finally hey, uh, good job moving forward, Dan. Uh, keep it coming. Let's. I, I can't wait to see what's next as you guys try to rethink this deal. Maybe, maybe he'll be out there on the field taking a knee with his players. Who knows? Uh, we won't do the national anthem talk today. I've, I've been down that road. Let's do our in and out here, Verderam. Uh, we're going to start in Cincinnati. I think it's a crazy thing for rookie quarterbacks this year, but uh, you know, how do you get up to speed? No preseason games. Asking a whole lot, but. The question is, Joe Burrow will throw 30 touchdown passes as a rookie, in or out? Do the math for you. That's a little, just under two a game. Yep. Uh, I am out, but I think it'll be close. I, I don't think he's going to hit 30 because most rookies end up being around 20, uh, low 20s. And I think – Burrow will be better than that because the Bengals are going to score some points this year. That offense, they got a lot of guys. Mixon's a top five running back. A.J. Green, if he's healthy, he's a top you know, 10, 12 receiver at this point. Tyler Boyd at 1,000 yards last year. They brought in T. Higgins. Zach Taylor's an offensive guy. He's a bright young mind. They're going to score. And the other part of this is they can't stop anybody. So he's going to be throwing the ball constantly. I think he's going to throw 26, 27 touchdowns. I really do. I don't think they're going to be good. I think they're going to win about five games. But I think they're going to be better, and I think they're going to score a lot of points. I think they're going to be exciting. They're just not going to be very good yet. I'm in on Burrow, man, even though I just teed up that I think it's a real tough year for quarterbacks. But I don't know, Verderam. I was down in New Orleans with Hunter Armour watching LSU win a national championship, and then we walked Bourbon Street, and everybody was telling me that Joe Burrow was going to be better than Tom Brady. That's which I which I thought was a great question by me, Burrow or Brady, and everybody went in on Burrow. So I'm not saying he's going to be better than Brady, but I am saying that Joe Burrow is going to have a great rookie season here and throw for 34 touchdown passes. How's that? Wow. I'll say this about Burrow. It's a weird thing to say, but I think you'll know where I'm coming from. You think what? It's, it's a weird thing to say, but I, I think you'll know where I'm coming from on this one. They okay. really impressed me with him. They told me before the draft that I think that, that's the guy, if I were the Bengals, like, I'd want that guy running my team, even more than just the talent. When he came out on senior night in LSU at Tiger Stadium, and he had his nameplate spelled Burrow with a A-U-X at the end, that was to me. Like, <laughs> that, like, I, but here's why. It's thoughtful. Like, it shows an awareness and a maturity. He didn't have to do that. He didn't, nobody would have cared, right? But, like, there was a thoughtfulness. He's not from that area, by the way. He's from Ohio. So it's not like he's from down south. Like, to me, if I'm the Bengals, I'm looking at that and saying, look, he's got to have the talent to go with it or it's worthless. But he does have the talent. That's the kind of stuff that I never saw out of a guy, like, and I'll say it, like a Baker Mayfield, who is so mature coming out, right? Like, that's you. You don't do that if you're not a little calculated, smart, mature, thoughtful. And you're that team. They need a guy who who can take the pressure and be the face and lead them out of that darkness they've been in for thirty years. I I think he's going to be the right fit for them. I really do. So so do I. And he's also I love what he's teed up about uh, the people in his home state who have been cast aside. He's he's a he's a caring Joe Burrow. I, I am in. Uh, and we'll, we'll see what the rookie season will end up looking like. But, uh, yeah, over on the 30, I'm in. Let's go to Houston. Deshaun Watson, Matt Burdham, all by himself, basically, is going to lead the Texans to the playoffs, in or out? Out. Uh, I, I love Deshaun Watson. I think he's a top five quarterback in the league. He is saddled with a dumpster fire within a tire fire. The team is not good. They traded away DeAndre Hopkins, okay? They, they did nothing 
to add to that defense. That defense, the last time we saw them, they were giving up 51 points in a blitzing unlike any other in the playoffs. They lost D.J. Reader, their nose tackle. So I would argue other than Watt and Mercer, he was their best player. He's now gone. So defensively, they're awful. Offensively, they don't have DeAndre Hopkins. They have broken down David Johnson. They have Brandon Cooks, who's, who's a good player when he's healthy, but unfortunately he's had a litany of concussions in his career, I believe five of them. And then you start looking at Randall Cobb, who's 30. They have a three-year contract, too. Like, and Will Fuller's always hurt. I, I just look at the Texans and think they are average at best. And I, I think he's terrific. But between the offense not being that good, the defense being awful, and Bill O'Brien, I think they're like a six or seven-win team. I mean, I'm looking at their schedule right now. They start this season at the Chiefs on the Thursday night loss, home with Baltimore. That's a loss. At Pittsburgh, not easy. Minnesota at home, not easy either. I mean, they could eat. They're they could get buried early. They, they, they could be 0-4, 1-3 without – I mean, if they got to 500 after their first four games, that would be a huge accomplishment. I'm uh, sorry, say that. I know they're at Kansas City to open up, and then they're, what, home with Baltimore? Home, home with Baltimore, at Pittsburgh, home with Minnesota. Yeah, they're lucky if they win one of those games. And you could almost put it in the bank they're going to be 0-3. So that's mm-hmm. – I mean, that's tough. I know it's not the greatest division, but <laughs> that's a whole that was, and a half the, Well, that's what I was going to say. There, there are wins in that division. Yes. But there – but. But, you know, you look at where the, what they got to do here. Uh, I mean, sure, Jacksonville at home, at, at the Titans. They got to play Green Bay, too. Uh, <laughs> I'm not in on Houston uh, at, at all. So. They also have to play New England. Yep. And, uh, you know, the games like at Indy and at Tennessee, like let's say they split those. Let's say they split those games, those four games with the Colts and with the Titans, and they sweep Jacksonville. All right, great, you're four and two. Well, we just reeled off like five games out of the division where they're going to get pummeled. So they're going to have a rough time. I do not think they're going to be good. I think, I think at the end of this year, you're going to be hearing people screaming about Bill O'Brien. Uh, that, that won't be new, but sure. The, 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 scream, the screams will continue. I wish I had the job security of Bill O'Brien. I know we all do. Let's go a uh, little AFC East action here. The Bills and the Jets. Will they both be looking for quarterbacks after the season, in or out? I'm going to say quietly in because I don't think the Bills are going to publicly want to give up on – I think it's going to be a Trubisky situation where the Bears know they need to move on, but they don't want to quite come out and say it just in case Trubisky shows up this year and plays well, and then they can go, ah, we always believed in him. Like I think that's kind of what you're getting in Buffalo. If Josh Allen is not good this year with a lot of talent around him, I think you're going to start seeing one of those things where like, they bring in Matt Stafford for like, hey, we're going, to, we're going to sign Matt Stafford for one year, and it'll be competition. It'll be good for Josh. And then Stafford will throw for 4,500 yards, and they'll go, okay, yeah, we're done with Josh Allen. The Jets, I think Darnold's got talent, but he has just been surrounded by nonsense, and that team's awful. I defy you to name one player on that offense not named Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. Um, they stink, and Gase stinks. So you're going to go through another year where he's where, where Donald under underperforms. They're probably going to have a brand new coaching staff, and that's always a recipe for another quarterback coming in. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm out on this though. Uh, look, the Jets like Sam Donald, right? I mean, am I missing something here? I I I, th- I think they're still not in any. There's no appetite to move along there. And I think Josh Allen's going to have a good year here, Matt Bertram. I, I really do. Uh, not, he might. He, might. He, he certainly has – I mean, Diggs should have a big impact. He's, I mean, I don't know. I, am I still in on the Bills with Cam in New England to win the division? That's a whole other story. But I, I do think that Allen will play well. So I, I, I actually would be shocked if both those guys are out after this, this year. So I'll be out on that one. And we wrap up with uh, Saquon Barkley – will rush for at least 1,200 yards uh, in or out for the New York Giants. I'm, I'm in. I think he will. I think he's going to have a really good year. Look, he's been terrific his first couple of years in the NFL. He was hurt a little bit last year. I think he'll bounce back. They have weapons. Like they, they can throw the ball, and the line should be improved. Andrew Thomas coming in there, that ought to help. 
Um, they're still not good, but they are better, especially offensively. Defensively, my God, they're, they're going to give up 50 points a game. But offensively speaking, I think I think they're going to move the ball pretty well. So I will say over. I don't think by much. I think 1,250 or so, but I'll say slightly over. So, uh, look, he – he he regressed last year, uh, at least from a yardage standpoint, significantly, uh, down nearly 300 yards from his rookie season. But I do think the Giants' offense is going to be better, and it will free him up more. And this is also a guy that I would, even with running backs not being as important as they once were, I would love to have Saquon Barkley on my team. And I think uh, this guy is – primed i think to have a great third year and and have a, have a yep. the next five years just being a, a absolute force on a giant team that should be i would think regularly in the playoffs here I, i'm that's i mean who knows what's going to happen in dallas uh i i think in that when you look at that division you look at the future i think new york has a very good chance to be at the top of it for a little while here assuming that uh daniel jacobs is keeps on getting better which I guess that's uh, – I just talked myself out of my entire point there and went backwards because I'm not sure about that. What do you think as far as the, the, their quarterback situation? I think Jones' talent, turnover, scare me. I say Jacobs. You, yeah. did, you did call him Daniel Jacobs, but that's okay. That's a nice job. These things happen. Daniel Jones. I, I am cautiously optimistic. I think he's talented. I think he was a better pick than Haskins. And I like Dwayne Haskins, but I think Haskins has a long way to go. I, oh, man. Okay. I, you like Haskins better? I, I do like Haskins better. Is but... it because you interviewed him and thought he was nice, or is it because you actually like Haskins better? Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. You look at the pedigree of Haskins, you look at the pedigree of Jones, it's like, how the hell do you pick Daniel Jones? Seriously. Well, that, that's, I mean, that's fair. But I'm talking off all of how he played last year. I'm, it, not enough sample size for me to make a fair mm-hmm. argument for That's for, fair. That's fine. So... But if I had to bet on one versus the other, even with uh, taking selfies after the game, before the game's over, I'm, I'm st- I would take Haskins over Jones at this point. <laughs> the selfie thing doesn't bother. And look, I, Haskins seems like a great kid. I'm rooting for him. I really, and I think, by the way, having an adult in the room as a head coach this year is not going to be the worst thing that's ever happened to him. Like Ron Rivera is a real head coach. I do think also, man, so much of this is about where you get drafted, who you go to, what scheme you play in. Haskins is surrounded by Terry McLaurin and then, like, you and me at receiver. The Giants have real weapons. Garrett is not – Jason Garrett is not a good head coach. He's a very good coordinator. So, I think that all plays into it. Like, most guys, if they go to a good system, good coaches, good supporting cast, they'll be good. If they if they don't get that, they'll be bad. Very rare is the guy who just no matter where they go, they're great or awful. That's rare. So – Look, I have faith in Jones. I think he'll be good. Uh, but the turnover's got to see. He fumbled the ball like 17 times last year. It's ridiculous. Such a, he's got the statue thing going on there, too. But, uh, hey, Saquon, go have a big year. Uh, I, I, I look forward to uh, seeing him dominate. Uh, in, in what, I, I still love that pick, even though everyone's like, you can't take Saquon Barkley in top five. That dude is going to prove to be worth it. At least I hope he will. All right. Hey, Matt Verderam, you're going on vacation. Is that true? I can confirm. I, <laughs> I will be on vacation for the next, starting tomorrow as I drive overnight from Illinois to New York. Uh, 14 hours with my beautiful wife and my lovely daughter, who I pray sleeps through the entire drive. If I were going at night, because otherwise the queen would be screaming something fierce. She, we bought her. We're, we're those people now who we, you should all hate. Like we bought her a tablet just for this ride, and she's only going to be using it in the car. It, it will never leave the car. But she's going to have a tablet. We downloaded Disney on it, YouTube, Netflix, go nuts, whatever. We, we got snacks out the wazoo, so we're ready. But uh, 14 hours in the car, 
Uh, 20 days in New York. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Get, get to the lake house, and I'll be kayaking for about three weeks straight. I don't care. I don't care if it's pouring, if it's thunder and lightning. I'll be in the kayak. So that's where you can find me. What part of New York for our podcast fans that love you to that level? I will be at Anawan the Lake in, uh, in the Catskills. So it's where I grew up. Uh, I, I grew up, well, 12 minutes from the lake. My grandparents, it was their house where they left it to the family. So I'll be there. I'm excited. I'm going to be kayaking. I'm going to be golfing. I'm going to go to Cooperstown one day. It's about an hour and 40 minutes. I drive up there with a uh, best friend, and uh, I'm going to spend a lot of money on uh, memorabilia and, and look forward to my wife's face. When she sees, it, sees four or five signed baseball bats and then picks up one of them and tries to hit me with it. What's for lunch on Anna Wanda Lake? Oh, brats, <laughs> beers, uh, burgers, Beer for lunch, baby. dogs, uh-huh. potato salad, mac salad, a little bit of barbecue chip. Uh, oh, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a damn good time. They'll get ice cream every night. What's the name of the lake again? Anaconda? <laughs> Close. Anna Wanda. Anna Wanda. Anna Wanda Lake, baby. Well, have a great time, Matt Verderam. I will uh, be thinking of you as I sit here in rough and tumble River North Chicago in the middle of the... It's a real bad neighborhood. Yeah, the never-ending pandemic. Stay safe out there. Wear your masks. Don't be an idiot. Do your damn part. Contribute. Both feet in. Enough with this malarkey. And let's, uh, hey, when we talk next, the training camp will be off and going here, so we'll have a lot to discuss. Good to be with you today, Matt. You too, Carm. Take care. And thanks for checking out Stack in the Box. Subscribe, tell a friend uh, with you. Doing every other Tuesday in the summertime, but coming back every week, uh, fairly certain. So I hope your summer's going great, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is brought to you by Fansided. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. You probably know Progressive Insurance for insuring your home and auto. You may know Flo and Dr. Rick. But what you may not know is that Progressive helps employees support over 3,800 charitable organizations annually because we're committed to helping our employees, and our employees are committed to helping others. Anyway, we just wanted to share. We were a little too proud of it to keep it to ourselves. And if you already knew all of this about us, you've either heard this radio spot before or just randomly know a lot about Progressive. Find out more about how we're dedicated to our customers and communities at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates based on data from May 2020 through April 2021.